You're listening to the Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, guys, time to get on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Let's make it rain here on this Tuesday, November the 12th, 2019, as we've got a loaded card here today. We are looking at 61 college basketball games, eight NBA games, nine NHL games, and two MAC action football games to start week 12 of the college football season as we are getting that much closer to bowl season and, of course, the top four teams in the country getting ready to battle for the national championship. So good times uh, ahead. But of course, last night we had the round out week 10 in the NFL. And boy, that was a lot of fun watching that. That was uh, the Monday night football classic. Some are calling it. I called it nauseating, but it was uh, at times a whole lot of fun. And that is exactly what division rivals and division football It makes it so unique because teams, even when you think they're out of it, they're not out of it. And that is definitely two teams that uh, would not go away, but did everything in their power to make sure the other team would win. Uh, But when it was all said and done, there can only be one winner. Thank goodness. And not a tie. That would have been awful. Uh, And the bottom line is, yeah, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks made enough plays to be able to get the job done. It wasn't pretty along the way. Both uh, teams turning the ball over at just the worst times. Uh, But one thing's for sure, if you keep tempting fate and you give a guy like Russell Wilson, who's been doing this a little while here, guys, now, uh, and I know everyone's enamored with Lamar Jackson, but when you keep giving Russell Wilson the opportunity to win a game, he's going to win the damn game. And it's exactly what he did. And, Nothing taking nothing away from the 49ers and that defensive effort last night. But to me, it became very clear after nine games now that maybe just maybe the biggest liability for this 49ers team is their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who it's all fine and dandy when you're running 300 yards a game and beating up on Arizona. But Jimmy, you got to make a play when they need you. And it was like wide receiver after wide receiver overthrown. It was like there was three opportunities alone in the fourth and overtime where he had guys wide open, either underthrew him, overthrew him, just not good. And again, when you're going up against a rookie or you're going up with somebody not named Russell Wilson, you might be able to get away with that. But you tempted fate too much. And. That's exactly what happened to them. They got burned last night, and they are celebrating here in Miami, these 100-year-olds. Uh, are still undefeated, Dane. <laughs> they are still undefeated, and the only one in the NFL. There are no more, no more undefeated teams. Yeah, absolutely. Morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerate, to make it rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. Listen, I thought that was a good game, Joe. I thought it was a fun game back and forth. It was definitely exciting to watch. Fantasy players left and right were lamenting, oh, no, now we have overtime. Mm-hmm. I got to show you a game of inches from a league that I was in um, impacting our guy, the closer, Chris Ventra, a little bit later on. But listen, I... 
I agree with most of what you said, Joe. All right, Russell Wilson continues to make plays. He, We were talking about him as an MVP candidate. You can't just give him that opportunity. And I don't know if you saw it, Joe, but Russell was more animated than I've seen him on the sidelines in a long time, bringing the players over, hyping them up, talking smack. I also thought, listen, Joe, we didn't see it a lot. But he used Josh Gordon on a couple of key third down conversions when he knew he needed it to go to a real wide receiver and boom. And that and they convert that on the San Francisco side. <sighs> Joe, I, you're, you're right. The run game didn't show up, even though Staley and Juszczyk were back. And Jimmy G, you know, Booger a few times was like, oh, everybody wants to see this. Can, can Jimmy G do it? But what also happened, Joe, was there were like four or five drops from wide receivers that one of the picks like literally went off Bourne's hands. So yes, he did overthrow some. And to be quite honest in that last series on the fourth quarter, he looked shook. All right. It, he was, he looked like the moment was getting to him. It looked like Phillip rivers on Thursday night football in the last drive, just, you know, kind of a little scatterbrained, but Wide receivers didn't help him out at a lot of points during that game, Joe. And to be honest, even though Seattle won this game, I'm not that mad if I'm a San Francisco fan because you got to figure when you see him again, you'll have George Kittle and you'll have Manny Sanders. And maybe that helps the passing game a little bit. Maybe that gives Jimmy G a little bit more security and confidence. Yeah, but, you know, you can't have your – seventh and eighth lost fumble of the season in a sure. game like this either. And and that's the problem with him. He under he underthrew Debo Samuel in overtime, which was just horrific because that that's game over. Uh, he had plenty of opportunities in this game to be able to pull away from Seattle. And that's ultimately what happened. They could not get away from Seattle. Like, there were some drops, up. though, Joe. There were no, definitely there some are, drops. But listen, there's, there's going to be drops in any game. The question is, what are you going to do when the moment sure. – on the spotlight, you have an opportunity to make a play for your team, and that's what they're looking to you. We still have not seen that from Garoppolo. I know we we associate him with being in a league for a thousand years, guys. Right. But the reality is, it's yeah, he was like in a league a games. long time from you know backing up Brady, but he's never he hasn't been a starter. And then when we did get him as a starter, it was halfway through the year. Then he gets hurt halfway through the year. So it's mm -hmm. we've never really seen him do this and i think this is kind of the first opportunity this year where it wasn't the 300 yard rushing game it, they needed jimmy garoppolo to make right. some plays and he just didn't do it so i do think it's a learning experience for him i also have no idea what the hell kyle shanahan was thinking getting the ball back in overtime with just under two minutes and you run th seattle's got no timeouts and you run three pass plays and go three and out and give the ball back to like, what the hell? And his like answer was, and I get it. I'm expecting them to complete a pass. I get it. And, yes, they're pros. You're expecting them to complete the pass. But he hadn't completed a whole lot of passes all night. He was having trouble doing it. So you run the damn ball. That's what you are. You basically, instead of giving them no chance of getting back in the game, you gave the ball back. You ran off 25 seconds on the clock in three pass plays and gave it back to Russell Wilson to beat you. That's what you did, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, that is true, and it was weird. It seemed like there were multiple three and outs with, like, three minutes left to go in overtime. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, wait a second. Maybe this ever. will be a tie. You know, but you can almost cherry pick, right? Because I say wide receiver drops, you say missed targets. 
what if the San Francisco field goal kicker hits the 40-something yarder in overtime and they do win right after Russell Wilson throws an interception? What's the narrative? And maybe it's a little different. Yeah, but even after that, still had a chance to win, and you didn't. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. So you got a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of errors in games last night there and uh, on Monday night uh, turnovers and and special teams gaps and can I tell you something still one of the most entertaining games of the season wasn't oh, yeah. pretty from an X's and O standpoint but you know anytime you have the following day, a uh, a whole list of things that could have, should have, would have, but didn't, and ultimately you went down to 60 seconds left in overtime. That's a pretty entertaining game, and it wasn't like 6-3. Uh, there was actually some points scored here. You had one team dominate the first three quarters, then the other team comes back, and it yeah. was a whole lot of fun. You had uh, you had the whole thing prior to the first half, I think, was exactly – what was going to make this game. You just had a feeling in the second half this was going to get crazy when, you know, one of the biggest, strongest wide receivers we've ever seen in DJ Metcalf, right, gets somehow stays in bounds (laughs) along the sidelines and then still manages to get the ball ripped out of his hands prior to him going into the end zone. That just told you everything you need to know about the, I think, the NFC West and what that second half was going to be like because that's the kind of that's the kind of back and forth we had all night. And kudos to uh, you know Seattle's defense, who you know had been gashed a lot uh, over the last couple of weeks there, especially in the passing game. But they committed to stopping the run, and they were going to force yep. Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them. And it worked for a long time until their offense was able to get it up and going. They played out. I mean, that Seattle secondary, Griffin and others, man, that's the first time I've really seen that defense go up like that, especially because usually they're giving up 300 yards a game passing. I mean, they, they've been getting torched, but, man, they showed up last night. Give credit to that defense for on the road in a divisional game showing up last night and keeping that game in reach. Yeah, the, um, the DK Metcalf play – was ridiculous on a number of levels, Joe. I thought there were so many things to check on that play when they did the replay. Like, did DK Metcalf step out of bounds was one. Mm. Did the fumble? Did the guy who stripped it, he was out of bounds. Did he reestablish? You know, was it a fumble? And then if it was a fumble, should it be marked, you know, kind of on the one or two yard line like it was? Or as a touchback back at the 20 if the guy actually got the fumble in the end zone, an amazing play. There were a few of them. I actually thought the Russell Wilson interception in overtime, I thought the game was over. I thought he had Hollister on the wheel route. You know, there was a great play by the linebacker there to pick that off and, you know, kind of return it as well. 
What I think is interesting, because you said it was working, right? The Seattle approach was working against Jimmy G. I, I'm reminded of what we've said all the times. You know how, like, New England would make a team play left-handed, and we even asked Lorenzo Neal. We started talking about the Niners because they were able to do it left-handed or right-handed with their run game or throwing the ball, and that didn't happen last night, right? It's like the, It's almost like the Seahawks, in my opinion, decided to take away their right hand sell out on the run. And that definitely happened. I mean, Breida didn't do much. Coleman only 40 yards. Even Raheem Mostar got a little bit of play, like in overtime. But this was not the running attack that we have seen in the past, right? Mm. But I really do believe, Joe, that injury took away San Francisco's left hand. It's big to not have Kittle and Manny Sanders for the majority of the game. And I just do believe that it would look a little bit different. The last thing, Joe, you talk about the trade impacts last week or yesterday, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick and Marcus Peters and Kenyon Drake. And we talked about Manny Sanders. What about Jadavion Clowney, Joe? He was all over the field, walking McGlinchey mm. back, forcing fumbles, forced, you know, pressure on Jimmy G. A lot of what you're saying, like Jimmy G couldn't do it. A lot of that was because Clowney was coming down on his ass half the time. Yeah, no, uh, Clowney was uh, impactful. You're not going to see it in the stat line, but if you watch that game, obviously the scoop and touchdown was one thing. But, you know, again, this was another one of these situations yesterday where Jimmy G fumbles the ball again, like this is eighth one of the season, and it, and Clowney returns it for a touchdown. But then, you know, in the fourth quarter, you got a situation where Seattle's up 21 to 10. They've got this game. They've, they've seized mm. control of it. Russell Wilson does some sort of, you know, loses the ball. It pops into an offensive lineman. lineman's hands. And for yeah. some reason, that offensive lineman thought he was Jerome Bettis and was going to somehow run the ball and advance it. <laughs> Only, of course, it gets knocked out of the offensive lineman's hands and right into far, uh, DeForest Buckner's hands, who then takes it in and returns the defensive touchdown. It was that kind of night where every time one of these teams had the opportunity to take that next step and kind of pull away, they something like that happened. You turn yep. some stupid play, like, what are you guys doing? Like, both of these teams were like, I don't want to win it, you win it. No, you win it. I'll win. Sure? All right. No, do you want to win it? I'm going to win it. It was like, how many of these plays are we going to have in one game? Yeah, I mean, and also I always look to things like sacks, penalties, turnovers, right? When you talk about a sloppy game and listen, both quarterbacks were sacked five times. Seattle, who won the game, had nine penalties for 75 yards. You talk about all the fumbles. Jimmy mm. G fumbled a few times. But listen, Seattle lost three fumbles in this game as well. So it was interesting. But I, I don't know if I consider it because, like, both teams were sloppy or the team on the other side was bringing the intensity and forcing mistakes, you know? You could look at it one way or the other. I kind of look at it, Joe, like it was a kind of – like it was a good game with two good teams playing, you know? Yeah, there were some mistakes, but I think a lot of these mistakes were forced by the opposition. And honestly, Joe, this NFC – I think this NFC now has a number – of legit contenders, if you look at it, like the NFC playoff race, you go four, five, maybe even six teams with people that you're like, oh, 
Yeah, they, I could see them actually taking down the NFC. Meanwhile, in the AFC, in my opinion, it's, you know, New England. And then can three of these young upstart quarterbacks upset the apple cart? Like, will Lamar do it? Will Mahomes do it? Will Watson do it? That's the only chance, right? One of those three superhumans to knock off New England. But in the NFC, you got Seattle and San Francisco. I think you got two, three, four other teams that can be in a kind of knockdown, drag out fun game with these two I, turnovers kill me and there's yeah. no excuse for turnovers i don't care who you're you played 85 bears the one thing that every football player is taught is hold on to the damn football there's no reason to be getting the ball pulled out in the end zone there's no reason and he doesn't ever do it which was what was so mind-blowing the fact that he threw a red zone interception in yeah. overtime into double coverage was beyond yeah. me that he even bothered to throw that ball i'm shocked that he did to tell you the truth he didn't see the uh, and he was able to recover but you know it's those kinds of mental mistakes in a game like last night where get him out now because that kind of crap in the playoffs that's the difference between going home early or continuing to battle through and try to make yourself a, a Super Bowl champion. But, you know, seasons aren't won or lost in week 10 of an NFL season, and these two teams are going to be fine. They will meet again. But, yeah, there's got to be some uh, cleanup on both sides of the ball, and both teams got to get a little healthier. And, by the way, congratulations on picking up. Nobody else wanted Josh Gordon. Well, mm -hmm. it's a good damn thing they got him because Tyler Lockett spent the night in a hospital as he was rushed there in the fourth quarter because of a serious leg contusion. He wasn't even in that game at the end. And thank goodness they had yeah. another, wow, look at that, Josh Gordon to go to instead of Tyler Lockett, who uh, they were obviously pretty worried about his leg injury there because they rushed his ass to the hospital during the game. So uh, they uh, no word on whether he's still there or not last I saw. But, again, you make a move here in the NFL and a move that almost you never get a Josh Gordon available in week nine. And then you pick yeah. him up after 25 other teams, sit, you know, passed on him. And voila, in the overtime, in the fourth quarter in overtime, he's there for you. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about this year where some teams, everything they touch are just it's turning to gold, Dane. It's just the way it is. Yeah, big time uh, third down conversions from Josh oh, Gordon, you know, on slants looking easy. That's a thing where chemistry will only build much like Jimmy yeah. G and Manny Sanders. You got to think over time. I know he made some mistakes. I still trust Russell Wilson when the chips are down, though. Yeah, well, he just he showed you why he is uh, who he is there, and he's been doing yeah. that forever. We just haven't paid all that much attention to him, though, because Tom Brady's still playing. All right, more on the upcoming games tonight. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid.
your NBA DFS competition this year using DailyRoto.com. You can compete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings with the DailyRoto.com optimizer. It's the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, you get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. You can save 10% now on that winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com forward slash dunk to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com forward slash dunk. Get your 10% off now. And keep in mind that DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. And also want to invite you guys to find us on YouTube at Sports Grid Network. All the fantasy and sports wagering all the time. So you have an edge on Instagram as well at Sports Grid TV. And it's an interesting close to a week 10 in the NFL that watched, once again, underdogs dominate. 9-3-1 against the number in week 10. Eight straight-up upsets. Oakland, Tennessee, the Jets, Atlanta, Miami, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and oh yeah, the Seattle Seahawks, who closed as a six-and-a-half-point dog on the road yesterday, plus 205 on the money line. Tough, uh, tough beat for those of you that might have had the full game over 47. That went away once uh, Chase McLaughlin yeah. hit that tying 47-yard field goal with uh, one second left on uh, on the clock. Uh, then only to miss the uh, the field goal in overtime of pretty much the same length there. But if you had the first half under, you were happy to see the 23 and a half uh, go under due to the fact of uh, you know DJ Metcalf, uh, a dude that's absolutely ripped. Yeah, well, he got the ball ripped out of there. No touchdown. Under hits in the first half. Full game goes over six and a half points. And guys, the dogs are just killing it this year. Again, 83, 61, and three against the number. That is underdogs this year. That's a 56% clip. That is absurd, guys. That is absolutely absurd. I just don't, uh, you know, to me, Dane, it's you got to be looking at these away games or these uh, these dogs each and every week. And it's almost to the point where after 10 weeks, you're going, what are the books missing here? Like, what is happening mm. with the undervaluing? It's amazing to me that we've just played 10 weeks and we've got underdogs above 55% cashing in a season. And it's happening consistently, not where they made them all in the first three weeks of the season. Like, here we are week 10, and we are still seeing underdogs winning straight up in situations where something's amiss here. Like, what's going on with the odds makers yeah. that they still have not, after 10 weeks, been able to figure out what teams are what? They're not giving I, – I don't know if there's because there's so many crap teams this year that they're having a hard right. time figuring out where the middle is on these games – but make no mistake, uh, very, very profitable being a contrarian better through 10 weeks in the NFL season. So, Joe, remember how in the baseball season we were talking about how offense and home runs were spiking at a ridiculous rate and that how when we were looking at Major League Baseball totals, you know, we were saying like, oh, well, we used to see a six and a half. We now see a seven and a half. But there was a middle point in there in the middle of the season where we were able to just play overs. Right. And we were hitting a lot. We were like, oh, maybe they haven't adjusted yet. Right. And that was the baseball kind of trend. I think you might be right. I, I have a lot of ideas in my head and I want to see if they work for you, what you buy most. You know, because, Joe, we've been talking about how parity um, 
is either still in the NFL or is leaving the NFL, right? And and I remember also you talked to me about these big double-digit favorites that are happening more and more and that they are covering those numbers. So maybe the books get that there's some really, really bad teams and some high-quality teams, but maybe it's that middle group, that middle tier of teams that now the book is undervaluing and then their points are enough, you know, when they're getting points, they're enough. I'd be interested to see, when you say 56% of the dogs cover, I'd be interested to see what the breakdown is, Joe, of, um, like, if it's more than a touchdown or if it's less than a touchdown. Because those huge spreads we've been talking about, that's where it's against the bottom dwellers, right? And these teams have been really bad. The Cincy's, the Miami's, the Jets, the Falcons, right? I wonder if you're having a matchup of, teams that are in the power ratings kind of teams like you know 6 through 23 if it's mostly those and when spreads are uh under a touchdown because Gabe is talking about point spreads don't matter we talk about how more teams are tanking and I think it has something to do with parity in the NFL or the lack thereof that's leading to these dogs being so profitable well you had eight straight upsets this week all right and only two of them were of the double digit kind Miami and Atlanta everything else was within a touchdown uh, and across the board. And and again, these are games where it's like, and I think even this week, the look ahead lines guys for week 11, if you've had a chance to look, there are a ridiculous amount of five and five and a halfs on the board here this week. And that is no man's land. And I think that's, I think that's the books going. All right. So Five, four and a half, five, five and a half is basically the books going. I they're not better. They're not better than them by a field goal, but they're still not, not good enough to win by a touchdown. Goal. So yeah. what they're telling you is they don't even know. Like they honestly have no idea. And it's crazy because outside of you know the Jets and Giants, while well, the Giants were favored, why? Why? I mean, it should have been closer to a pick'em game. There was no home field advantage. Were the Raiders that much? Less than what the San Diego, uh, what the what the uh, L.A. Chargers are. Uh, you know, you look at these games and you're going, there's a lot more bad numbers this year than we've seen before. And I've never seen, I mean, there's five games on the card here this week, guys, where you're going to have between four and a half and five and a half, which is absolute dead man's land from a betting perspective. And I think it's because they just don't know at this point. Honestly, Try to figure it out. You got a game Thursday night here, Cleveland taking on Pittsburgh. Yeah. Now, this game is in Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. It is. So what in the world? So what? They're not a three-point favorite. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Should they be more with Mason Root? They just beat Buffalo, a six-and-two team, and yet we're not even seeing a field goal advantage there at this particular game right now. Yeah, so this is saying, right, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but this is saying that Pittsburgh is a half a point better on a neutral field. It's right? crazy. It's ju- Are they? I, I, I mean, don't know. I, I mean, this is a team we've been talking about that's won a few in a row, maybe Mason Rudolph, and, like, you're all of a sudden with that one win against uh, Buffalo, you're ready to go back to Cleveland, Joe? No, no. They're I'm, all what okay I'm saying now? is, are they, though, honestly, Kitchens. when they add all, are they? I don't know. I mean, that's the whole thing I'm asking because – I honestly don't know with Mason Rudolph and company. Uh, listen, the Rams, I know I know what their deficiency are, and it's all right. about matchups, right, being at home. But on a neutral field, are they winning that game without scoring a whole lot of offensive points? I, I don't it, – it's, yeah, it's tough. tough I mean, 
That's a tough one, and we always talk about these divisional matchups and stuff. Right. One piece of info, James Conner should be back. They're expecting him back in right. that game that's, you know, 48 hours from now. He practiced in full yesterday. But I hear you. I'm intrigued by a few of these games that are in this kind of no-man's land. Joe, you know, and like maybe we should go through them and see which way we're leaning because the book doesn't know. I mean, and there's some big ones, Joe. Houston, yeah. Baltimore. That's yep. a big one. New Orleans, yep. Tampa. That's one of those divisional ones. The home dogs, you know, Drew Brees out in grass. Um, yep. You know, I think and Monday night in Mexico City is another one. Chargers, Chiefs. Yep. You know, what do you that's... believe in? So I think there's a few interesting ones. I hear you on the no man's land. Yeah, um, it's. Because there really it. are some questions. If you try to read into what the opening lines are, you're going, right. yeah, um, are they really neutral? I mean, on a neutral field, are, is that one team better than the other? But So they're better than a field goal, but they're not good enough to be a touchdown? That's like a kiss of yeah. death. So you know That's what it is? This I think week 11 is going to be one of those situations where suck it up, guys, and go. Your money line might be coming into play a lot more this week because just figure out who's going to win the game. Forget about trying to figure out a four-and-a-half to five-and-a-half spread yeah. and what's which team is better because, like you said, divisional matchups. It's Thursday night, guys. Pittsburgh. There's a bunch of them. Cleveland without Ben Roethlisberger. With Ben Roethlisberger, we know what that has been in the past, but it's a new Pittsburgh. It's a new – I don't know. I, I really – I'd struggle to figure out some of these divisional matchups going forward. And are they going to overvalue or undervalue some of these uh, some of these teams in these matchups this week, Dane? It's going to be real interesting. I think it's going to be one of the hardest weeks on the board this year because of the idea that the books just are not – they themselves are completely miffed. Just look at the numbers. 56 57% of underdogs through 10 weeks. Guys, it almost never happens. Yeah, that's true. I, I would be interested to know, like you said, if we could run the numbers on if dogs are better when they're, you know, six or less or if it's the big number. The other thing that comes into my mind on this, and this is something that I know you and me, Blewett, Gabe, we've all been talking about this year. Joe, do you think there's really a difference these days, quite frankly, because the kicking game is so piss poor? You know, does that have any impact on things? Like, there's been so many missed extra points. We talk about almost now is like six almost the key number instead of seven. There's teams going for two at a bigger rate. Does that throw the kind of – does that just throw the formulas off? I know that we're talking about a point here, a point there, and maybe not up against a, you know – a five-point spread, but it does impact the way teams play the game. I'm reminded of Indy Miami. You know, Vinatieri misses the extra point. Then they're down four instead of down three for half of the fourth quarter, you know. And I just – we've seen it far and wide in the NFL, missed extra points and going for two and these kind of decisions going for it on fourth down. These are decisions that coaches were not making. These are results people were not getting five years ago. I wonder if that has started to mess with the formulas out there of letting setting lines also. It was a couple of weeks ago, but I had seen a stat where there was no big anomaly as far as more uh, either extra points or field goals missed okay. than there were in, in years past. So it's not like it's a glaring number where we're 20% above what we were last year. Okay. I, I tend to think those things all even up because it's the same damn kickers. <laughs> it's always the same kickers. But it's not but the it's, same line all the time. Thank you
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Lucky than good, right? Seems to be a, uh, a pretty good motto for anybody that spends any time in the sports investing universe. And for one guy uh, at uh, in New Jersey there at, uh, at our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, well, the Seattle Seahawks coming back last night uh, ended up cashing a $2 parlay into... Uh, just about $21,000 reality. Oof. That's uh, nine Oof. teams. And it included, and get a load of this, and just <laughs> $2, nine teams, money lines on the Browns, Bucks, Jets, Titans, Dolphins, Vikings, Bears, the Falcons, and also the Seahawks last night. Go. That's right. He actually put them on the money line, not even taking the points. Money lines on all of these. I can. I'm seeing now why it was two dollars that he bet. Uh, because mm. just to take the money lines there is a bit of like a, a crazy. Off. But it was a prayer. And I got to tell you, I can't imagine having been in front of the television, Dane, watching that game last night, knowing that oh, yeah. I got twenty-one thousand dollars with Seattle. Just winning the game and having to go through the ups and downs of that game last night. See, that to me is why it's almost better off. Don't watch the game. Wake up tomorrow and figure out exactly if you're $21,000 richer. Because that will drive somebody to drink or or just lay them out of a heart attack from what we had last night in that game. If you had the bankroll, that's an opportunity to hedge, though. Right? Well, like there- $2 is that. That's never going to happen at $2, but... You know, no, no, wait a second, though. The win was 20000 con- right. unconditional on one outcome. Correct. So at that point, if you had the bankroll, like there were points live, you could have got San Francisco at plus money last night, right? So <laughs> yes. why <laughs> not? Why I not? can't believe the dude who's spending $2 on a 19 money if line parlay. I said if you had the bankroll. If you had the bankroll. I doubt they'd even have the understanding uh, of the ability to be able to hedge. I think they played it because they happened to be by the book. Uh, here's a yeah. couple of teams. And, you yeah. know, I doubt yeah. very much that person had any idea exactly what was uh, what was about so to happen saying, there. What I said was, if you had the bankroll, right, because this would be then a $2 better being like, oh, let me find like another 8500 to bet on this right now. So I right. understand that. But all I'm saying in the kind of gambling you of it all is when you're down to potentially hitting the 20000 and there's only one outcome left that you need, it is an opportunity, dot, 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 if you have the bankroll. Yeah, hey, listen, if you can go borrow uh, 10 grand from somebody and be like, "Hey man, um let me uh let me see if we can uh, coordinate a deal here. I'll get you it's in for be five. 10 grand either way, then 20 grand or nothing. That's just right. me." <laughs> it's that's uh, exactly correct. I mean, it's uh but again, you got to get 
10th, I think they uh, they calculated the odds to just about 11,000 to one uh, in order to be able to hit it. Now, think about that, guys. How many of you spend money, $2 every week, on six Powerball numbers that your yeah, chances man. are what, Dane? What are they, 700, 77 million to one or something yeah, for you to hit it? Than this. <laughs> 11,000 to one, and boom, look at what you got. And all this, dude, it was money line, money line, money line, money line. Did you said nine? He had, he had nine, and he had all the – he had the Browns. What did he have? Any favorites? No, he had the Bucks. Brown, the Browns were a favorite. favorite. The Browns, Browns were favorite. Okay, so Browns, Bucks, favorites, Jets, dog, Titans, yep. dog, Dolphins, yep. dog, Vikings, yep. dog, Bears, yep. favorite, Falcons, mm-hmm. dog, Seahawks, dog. He only had two favorites. Wow. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And then he had the to watch the 49ers. Miss a field goal attempt. I, 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 and then Listen. Russell Wilson throwing an interception in the red zone. The I don't even know zone. what that poor dude. You know what? He probably didn't even realize. He probably forgot about the ticket. He's probably scrambling to find it this morning. Yeah. You know what? Also, he probably didn't realize because you're absolutely right. This guy's throwing a two dollar parlay for nine teams. Oh, it's not, you know. No. Hey, hey, broken clock is right twice a day. I'll Amen. take it. Right. But here's the real critical question, Joe, and I heard you talking about it last hour. The critical question is, did this better while putting the Bears in his parlay? Did this mm-hmm. better know ahead of time that Maddie Stafford would not it. be playing? Yeah, because, I... you know, it sounds like some people knew. And, Joe, I know you need transparency for the sports investor, right? I can assure you. He did not know that at oh, he didn't all. He had warning from the beat reporters. He wasn't. He wasn't following uh, Lions Twitter. Well, think about what happened here. Think about how much crap, guys. Just so you understand. Just think about. And this is why many people will say, "Listen, you want to do a two-team parlay? All right. I mean, you don't want to start getting into five, six, at least spending any crazy amounts of money on it, especially if you're you're not diving into every game." You had the Browns needed a touchdown in the final minute to beat the Bills. Yeah. The Buccaneers had to to race back in the final couple of minutes of the fourth quarter to beat. Our, there was nine different lead changes in that game. The Jets almost coughed it up and again had to actually in the fourth quarter pull away yeah. from the Giants. The Titans blocked a game yeah, field goal in order to be able to pull it off. The the Dolphins had to, a goal line stand there at the yeah. end of the game to uh, – uh, to in order to be able to stave off that, I mean, you go down the list here. It's like holy crap, dude! Like, and by the way, a 14-point underdog, you yeah. picked the Falcons to win on the money yeah, line, the <laughs> like hey, on the road, on the road. If that game wound up a tie, it reverted, and he would have hit a 18 parlay, though, right? It just backs out the tie, right, on the money line. Yes, it would have been. It would have counted right. As long as he got them all right. Exactly correct. Yep. So when yeah, he and, lines up for that field goal, when he lines up for that field goal, we're like, you know, whatever, dude, 20 seconds left, you're like, just don't block it and return it back. <laughs> right? I can't, dude. Could you imagine having to go through three and a half hours of that last night yeah. of that? I, watching I was guys doing fumble. it for a random regular season fantasy matchup. I'd have been, <laughs> right. Yeah, right, exactly. What would that have been for 20 grand on the line? Holy my damn fantasy matchup. Yeah, you know, know, but you're right with the teasers, man. Every time, if I put in a seven team teaser, I guarantee you, Joe, I will go six and one on those bets. Of I guarantee. Absolutely. Guarantee. Yep, that's the beauty of it. Yep, that's the beauty and the killer of it. But again, a couple of bucks here and there. 
Listen, at 11000 a one, it's better than buying a scratch-off. It's certainly better than buying a lottery ticket. So if you got some sort of feeling, by all means, man. I hope they come up with the guy's name. I can't wait to hear his thought process. I Every Friday, if that makes three plays, we, we should put together – we should put together a ridiculous, like, 16 parlay for the weekend that we done. both feel like, yes, sure, done. we got to start yeah. and throw two bucks on it. Do a non-team parlay. Done. That's it. Here you go. A couple of bucks, two bucks. Throw it out there. I would the love to hear second. the guys rationally. So why did you pick the Falcons on the road as a 14-point dog? Well, I like the, the uniforms. Knew this. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather that not hear it, Dan, because it would just confuse me. Brian Hill. Yeah. It would confuse me. It would absolutely confuse me because I'd actually try to find the logic in it, and that would probably screw me up for the rest of the year. So I would rather not do it. We'd have a nine-team teaser. It'd be two NHL games, a MAC game. (laughs) It'd be like an NBA game, a CFL playoff game. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, let's throw a couple of virtual reality uh, sports in there, and let's just for the hell of it, hell, we'll even third the uh, you know the third race uh, winner too over there. We'll do it at Mountaineer Park. Yeah. Let's Give do that product. too. Yeah, I'm going on in there. Sure, ridiculous. <laughs> and then we'd win it, and then that would be the end of it. We'd have to write a book about it. Unreal, absolutely unreal. Uh, but listen, guys, better you know you nothing ventured, nothing gained. You got to be in it to win it there. So don't be. Uh, the bottom line here is. Don't be afraid. The couple of bucks here or there, crazier things have happened, but don't, please, don't be doing that on a serious level, thinking, all right, let me spend a couple of hundred bucks here on a uh, 18 parlay, a couple of hundred bucks on a 19 parlay. Like, eh, not a very good uh, long-term strategy for profitability, guys. It's just not going to happen. But maybe this guy will lend us a few bucks, Dane, and uh, we can figure out. Well, he's in your neck of the woods. Damn DraftKings. God damn. <laughs> All hey, right, so we're looking you, now, I guys, saw... at the um, the playoff picture, because I think we're at that point, aren't we, here at week yes. 11? Absolutely. Um, last and night, you. look NFC at the West, West uh, right uh, now. NFC look at the West NFC West. right now at the top. The six teams, if this was the end tomorrow, you got the Niners, Packers, Saints, Cowboys, Seahawks, Vikings. Yes. And can I tell you, that's, yeah, that's, the six cut above every because the next level is Rams, Eagles, Panthers, Bears. So who I in that that bottom half do you think should replace somebody in the first half? I still think the Eagles win the NFC East. Okay, so you think the Eagles are, are still going to come back there? Well, okay, so teams, but I will interchange the Eagles with the Cowboys. Other, so let's listen. Those five teams and the NFC East champion. Right. I think are your six in the NFC. Right. And I think that, to me, that's clear cut. Those five teams. I don't teams, think there's any question there, right? Yeah. San Fran, Seattle, Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans, and then the NFC East champion. The NFC East is not getting two teams in, okay? No. Philly or Dallas is going to be it, and then I think it'll be the second place in the West and second place in the North, right, which right now is uh, Seattle and Minnesota, but I will yeah. say, I, I think if you ask me to swap one in for out, for me, it would be Eagles. Uh, it would be the Eagles still winning that uh, Eastern division. You'd still. OK. And, and again, you're to me, six and one half. You're right. You know, the Eagles yeah. are probably going to win it because the Dallas Cowboys are ultimately going to underachieve as they usually do. But in the so. AFC, you've got Patriots, Ravens, Steelers, Texans, Bills, Kansas City. 
And then you've got Oakland, Indy, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and the Chargers kind of lurking somewhere in the back end there. Also, probably it's a little more convoluted, I think, in the AFC. Well, I don't know. I I, I see it slightly differently, Joe. I think because when we reeled off those teams in the NFC, they are all solid, Like in my opinion. I think they're the class. In the AFC, to me, you got the Patriots, right? And that's going to be everyone's kind of default answer. And to be honest, my answer is the Patriots, unless one of three superhumans can do it on that day. And the three superhumans I'm referencing are Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. If it will take Herculean MVP caliber efforts, and those three are all MVP legit choices, it will take an MVP effort by one of those three humans on a given day against New England Otherwise, I default to Bill Belichick. I don't think Buffalo. I don't think Pittsburgh. I don't think all Oakland. I don't think these teams are serious contenders. Whereas you tell me there's a path for Minnesota. There's a path for Seattle. There's a path for all those big boys. So I think that's more convoluted. To me, the AFC uh, is Bill Belichick or one of those superhuman quarterbacks. Yeah, but in, listen, in four weeks, we're going to come back. And outside of Dallas and Philadelphia, it's going to be some combination of those six. I don't know that's going to be the case in three weeks four weeks with the AFC. As a matter of fact, I'd be willing to bet big money. It's not going to be exactly what it is right now. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, uh, Houston. Listen, I don't even know. Is is Houston going to win the division or they don't? I don't know that there's anything in written in stone there. I don't know that Pittsburgh is going to be able to hold on and get a second spot from the AFC North. Why not Oakland? Why not Indy? Why not Tennessee? Jacksonville now also still has a shot now that, uh, uh, that Nick Foles is back. I, I think it's. I think this could look totally different outside of the top two or three in the AFC. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think any of those other teams you're referencing are true contenders for an AFC championship. Well, the contenders are not. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know, but whether they can win it doesn't make a difference. They're still going to make the playoffs. I don't know that Pittsburgh, Buffalo, are they going to make the playoffs? Uh, they're, they're not back. So they're not true contenders. Yeah, but, well, they're they're easy to make money on, NFL then. season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. And that's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Tuesday loaded on the uh, on the schedule tonight. 61 college basketball games uh, set to uh, set the tip off, along with eight NBA, uh, nine NHL, and a couple of uh, partridge and a pair of trees here with Mac action football. Eastern Michigan action. taking on Akron, and of course uh, you've got and this is going to be a pretty good game. 6:30 tonight Eastern time. Western Michigan taking on Ohio. That is definitely going to be the better game of the two. Akron is, uh, without a doubt, the worst football team known to mankind on any level. 
Uh, they are 0-9 straight up, 0-9 against the spread. They average 10 points a game. They average giving up 35 points a game. Do the math, and you realize why uh, while they're 0-9. But they're 17.5-point underdogs, and the money keeps rolling in, or at least the bets keep rolling in on Eastern Michigan. So why is this not 21-22? Why does it not keep rolling up? Because – Somebody's betting on Akron to keep that number at 17, 17 and a half when 75% of the tickets are being written on Eastern Michigan. That should be an eye opener because this should be well into the 20s by now, Dane, with a team this bad. But somebody got to be betting on it, man. This line's been open since last Wednesday. Why 17 still? I think we know why somebody somebody thinks 17, 17 and a half for an Eastern Michigan squad who can't stop anybody either. That might be uh, a little too many points. Plus, it's a key number, guys. That's 17, 17 and a half. It's not 16. It's it's 17, which is a interesting combination of scores, which is what the uh, what the professionals are jumping all over at this point. You know, I have a new idea for a website or an app, Joe, for every college program. I want I want access to a list of the biggest boosters and donors for that organization. I want to know every school and what kind of big money is behind them. Because in a situation like this, Joe, it's obviously the big money bets that are going Akron's way, keeping the line down. So I would like to know if there's some billionaire alumni that's like, you know what? Let me just root for my squad and just happens to drop money that moves the numbers. I need to know the boosters and who's got big money back in every program. This is just a classic case, guys, of understanding that professionals don't care what the name on the jersey is. The only thing they care about is am I getting the right number? If I got the right number, it, it could be Sisters of the Blind. Don't make a damn bit of difference.